1: Thank you all so much for tuning in the middle of the week with me at 1 p.m. If you guys want to chat, you can call us up here at KSCV. That's 281-558-5738. Or you can send me an email, Trevor, at TotalWealthAcademy.com. Upcoming event tomorrow, we are going to be having our Spotlight Night. This is a huge event. We typically have around 200 or 250 people out here at these events and if you have not visited us yet, this is something you can come out and attend as a guest. That's tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. You can register for that at TotalWealthAcademy.com or send me an email, Trevor, As always with these shows, I start off with the Einstein quote, which is, The measure of intelligence is the ability to change. As the reminder with this, because I start every show with this, this means that true intelligence does not mean graduating as the smartest person in your class. It doesn't mean you're necessarily dumb if you graduate last either, but if you're somebody that's incapable of change that keeps doing the same things over and over again, that's true unintelligence. That's the thing that degrades your humanity because as an intelligent being, you're able to identify the things that can be changed and you have to take action and make those changes happen. There's going to be a lot of changes that happen whether you like it or not. There's going to be a ton of things that change that you have absolutely no control over anyhow. So when you can see that there are some things that you can change and there are some things that you can influence for the better and in your favor, you must take action upon those things. It could be small things around the house. It could be doing chores better. It could be a better comment whenever your spouse or significant other gets home. You know, more enthusiasm and more energy at that introductory point whenever they get home from work. It could be tons of different things. And there's tons of different things there that I think of that I want to get better at that I just stay conscious of on a daily basis to be like, Maybe the last time I greeted my significant other when they came home, you know, what didn't really reflect that full energy, or maybe there's something I've been procrastinating on around the house, that if I take care of it, it just gives me a huge amount of peace of mind. And I really feel like that aspect of doing any of this is very much underrated or untalked about. What we look at from the Dalai Lama is that the purpose of our lives is to be happy, Since that's the purpose, and that's what makes the most sense to me, when we achieve that, you also want to go out and help and serve other people, and that really brings it back home because that's a huge part of what makes us happy is doing that service and helping others. It's not just to say, do everything you can for and by yourself. It's connecting with everything that makes us happy that allows our brain to achieve this true peace to where we're not constantly stressed, we're not constantly anxious, we're not constantly paranoid, and we're not depressed or we suffer from many of these modern mental illnesses that seem to be coming epidemic in a developed country like us, which is very, very interesting because with all of the success that the United States has had, there have been some challenges that have come with it, just like in many other developed nations we're seeing that humans are not as simple to get happy as being in an environment where all of the needs are taken care of. We're definitely more complex than the economy. We're definitely more complex than an individual country or any country around the world. Humans are very complicated beings. And there are things that we challenge ourselves on on a daily basis. Be for the good thing, but in a many situations, it's for the worse. As we overthink things, we don't end up taking action on something because we don't have that exact plan set. And it becomes so overwhelming to us from the beginning that we can't even take action at all. Now, a while back, I did an introductory class that was for our members at Total Wealth Academy that was called Beginner Action Steps. And during all of our specialty classes and for our, all of our specialty classes, we create a packet. You know, Steve does a lot of specialty classes. He makes a packet. When I do mine, I do my packets. And then if we have special guests for these classes, they do a packet with an introduction for the content that's going to be presented. And I really wanted to bring home the point that our brains, while complex, are easily overwhelmed too. When we start looking at something like, in the context of this show, investing in real estate, And I think you know by now that I'm not just focused on that. I take the opportunity with this show to investigate a couple of other things besides that that I think are going to give a little bit of a unique and sometimes opposite opinion to what you're used to that can hopefully give you some direction and ideally give you that light bulb click moment to have that catalyst that allows you to push forward and take action on something. I mean, that's the biggest reason why I'm behind this microphone now is to help people take action on something that is important to them. And it helps me too. It's a win-win situation because as I'm able to solidify these thoughts for myself, writing down for these shows, this helps me take action. This helps me be more comfortable with myself. And I hope I can bring some of that help to you as well. So with this class... I just wanted to let people know in that presentation packet that we're looking at the real estate. We're trying to figure out how to get started in real estate. But when we see this process and we start to research it, we look around and we see a ton of information once we do that initial search. Most people are gonna go to Google and if you value your privacy, you go to a search engine like me and you go to DuckDuckGo because it doesn't track you everywhere you go to DuckDuckGo, you search you know, real estate training or real estate information or how do I buy a single family investment? And then you start to see all sorts of information out there. You start to see tons of people talking on the radio. Here I am, this is me, this is what I'm doing too, partially. And you start to try and figure out who's telling the truth and quite frankly, who's full of crap. But ultimately, it's up to you to identify it. And this is something I really solidified just now, right before the show started, is that when you take an action approach with something, no matter what it is or what it has to do with, you're going to take this step on the faith that Rob Cleef talked about on the show um, about a month ago with Steve. And I thought that was such a good point because no matter what you're going to do, you're going to take that first step in faith, in belief, with the knowledge that there is risk here, but you're going to come out with it learning something or in a better place, and hopefully in a better place no matter what, but ideally with the profit that you were looking for when you pursued this particular type of investment. But it has to be in faith at the beginning, and that's the risk And that's almost like that riding a bike moment where your parent has pushed you on those two wheels. It's you, two wheels, and the concrete, and you need to start moving forward at speed or else you're just going to tumble over. That faith right there is probably the hardest thing we have to do to get over to take action on something meaningful but when it comes down to it what are the results that are coming out of that once you start committing that action is the question i'm going to start asking when do we get back uh, this is the total wealth academy radio show y'all stay tuned and i will be back after the break <music> Welcome back, everybody. Yes, indeed. If you want to call in to chat, that's 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV. If you want to talk about what I'm discussing at this moment, or you have a question about real estate, just give us a call. Or if you want to send me an email, that's Trevor at TotalWealthAcademy.com, including if you want to ask something, but you don't want it to be over the air, that's going to be the best option for folks that want That discretion. So I was just talking about taking an action approach and you take that first step in faith. You've done that. That's sort of the getting on the bike moment or the jumping off the diving board moment. It's that moment where you don't have any control whatsoever, but you're able to move forward and take this action once you start to follow through. And it's not necessarily that you don't fully have control, but it certainly feels like that for a moment. And that's absolutely terrifying for our human brains that crave control all of the time. Of course, some people are better at managing that urge. Some people are terrible at managing that urge and are control freaks. And they cannot do anything unless they have the perception, it's very important to say perception, that they are fully in control, because you cannot ever be fully in control, really, of anything besides yourself. So if we're going to take an action approach on something, what's happening after you've taken that action? After you've listened to the talking heads, after you've listened to all of the words that people have had to say about something, you decide to take action. Okay you're following through with this, but what are the results that you're getting from taking that action? It comes down to if that thing is getting you the results that you want or it's not. If you have an intention of making money with real estate, like everybody that wants to do this, there's usually a very heavily motivating purpose behind making that money, but that's what it really boils down to, just objectively, is making money. So if you're taking advice from somebody and then it doesn't end up making you money, probably not the person to take advice from. If you're going to somebody that has an app on a phone that costs $20,000 or more and it just kind of shows you some properties listed on the MLS and they say that they're going to get your questions answered and then don't, that doesn't lead you to the ability to invest in real estate. That's not something you should be spending your money on. Um, that was an experience I had with somebody. And it, it was really basically that bad. And it, and it still shocks me now after it's been about six months at this point. But this person had spent over $20,000 on this app that, just basically was supposed to show off-market leads, didn't really seem to do that. They said they were going to get all the questions answered, didn't do that. This person could not get a hold of these folks, and they weren't even based in the Houston area. So that's the kind of thing that people need to stray away from and avoid. That's the kind of thing that is a waste of your time and money. Now, that is not something I really wanna get into any more detail on to make sure that this privacy stays private, but that's just something that you really, really have to be careful with. You need to look at what those folks are doing, what the members of that group are doing. If these are real people you can actually talk to, if this is a group you can actually engage with, if they answer their emails in a timely manner, Do you get a good sense of feeling around here or does something seem off? I want everybody to have a group where they feel comfortable. We're not a perfect group. There's no perfect group out there. I want everybody to find the group that's perfect for them, though. It doesn't have to be us. But you have to find a group somewhere that allows you to get the support you need to take action if real estate, for example, is something that you're interested in vet, use your gut, trust your gut, and don't spend radical amounts of money for something like an app on your phone that shows you houses. Do not make that mistake and lose your life savings because of something like that. Okay. With all that being said, here's the good news today. Good stock news, whatever that means. But The Dow Jones jumped 500 points. You probably heard this during the transition right before the show. NASDAQ surges 2% 2 as investors cheer lighter than expected inflation report. Okay, so clearly I'm biased. You could tell by the way I read that. But as I've been talking about on every show for the past four weeks, I've been giving you all the year-to-date return for the stock market. There's ups and downs of the stock market, that you have no control over. So whenever people see this report, they say, well, look at this, Trevor. The stock market is going up. This seems to be working out for these folks. Well, how do you really rectify that with the fact that the year-to-dates are still very, very poor? So from the start of the year, four weeks ago, let's just, let's just use NASDAQ. Well, actually, let's use the S&P because the, the percentage numbers are in the middle because NASDAQ's losses are the biggest percentage-wise, Dow's are the lowest. They're all negative, but S&P's in the middle. So four weeks ago, it was at a negative 16.71%. Now it's just at a negative 12.72%. Are you making money on a negative 12.72% return? Probably not, unless you're going into the short game in the stock market, which is Is extremely risky, it's not working out for the vast majority of Americans who have to deal with this stuff like this. That's ultimately very, very confounding and is another point of contention and talk that really starts to add to this confusion, confusion, this din of conversation where somebody's trying to make sense of should I invest in the stock market? Should I invest in real estate? Should I invest in crypto? Or should I invest in NFTs? Wow, that's definitely one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard about, but that's a real thing. People are just trying to figure out how to make their money work for them. So let's say someone decides to approach all of them and puts a good chunk of change in each. Ultimately, you have to look at what is going on with the money in each of those investments. How is the crypto doing right now? I think everybody knows with the news, it's not doing well at all. How are NFTs doing? Not well at all after that short little burst of popularity seems to have fallen off. How are stocks doing right now? Well, today, they got a boost, but we're still down significantly, heavily since the beginning of the year. How's real estate doing? Well, with all hope, we're probably going to be into a down market here soon probably by the end of the year, based on most people's opinions in America. That's what we want in real estate. Now, the important point here is that both markets are workable in real estate. Yeah, honestly, the high market in real estate is not the best market for people to join real estate because it's more expensive. The deals are more competitive because it's a seller's market. Competitive in the sense that the buyers are the ones that have to scrimp and scrounge to get the deal done and not the other way around. So it's great for real estate investors that already have property because that's the best time to sell your property, but the cost to entry and the barrier to entry during the high market is much higher, so that's why new investors are typically having a difficult time. But established investors, that's one of the biggest reasons why we love the high market down market, we already know. Hopefully that with lower prices, it becomes a buyer's market. There's less people in the market too, because that's a fact of recessions. A lot of people lose market confidence and ability to make significant investments. So more opportunities come about for the mom and pop shops and investors to partake in the industry. I want to be careful though, and just make a point that still overwhelmingly the vast majority of real estate in this country is owned by mom and pops. It's another negative point that gets thrown at me sometimes as people talk about the big companies like BlackRock, um, this, that, and the other. That's definitely something that I'm very interested in keeping track of, but it's not something that's completely destroying the market for independent real estate investors by any means whatsoever, like a lot of people seem to be insinuating. And once again, that's another bit of information that seems to radically push people in one direction or the other in terms of taking action. So I'm going to argue that the money that was put into the real estate is probably going to end up doing the best. It's going to be the most stable. And that's probably what's going to work for the vast majority of people. If making money is the goal, that means that that particular investment is the one that we should continue pursuing. This was worthwhile. This step in faith that we took was worthwhile. This is something that we could continue to do for the rest of our lives. Stay tuned, y'all. We're at the halfway point. We'll be back with the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Welcome back, everybody. Next thing I want to talk about in terms of taking action is the approach that we have to risk. And everybody is risk averse. And I think there's a lot of people out there that might say that they're not risk averse or they're a serious risk taker. And there's somebody that likes to jump out of a plane or climb mountains and do this, that and the other. But you're probably wearing a parachute when you jump out of a plane. You're probably wearing a harness when you climb the side of a mountain. And yeah, there are people that do freehand climbing, but there's probably going to be a couple things you use, like maybe chalk on your hands so you don't have the highest chance of slipping. There's a lot of things people do to manage risk, but we need to identify the fact that risk is a part of life itself. Two weeks ago, it was a, well, actually last week, it was a very interesting experience because we had two accidents. On Thursday, we had an accident on I ten right before we got on the 610, where a motorcyclist unfortunately died. And I don't know the whole story of how this happened, but it was a fatal accident. So in the morning, people trying to get to work were having a very hard time at our office. Now I didn't go into work at that time because I worked the evenings for the class. So The other thing that happened, though, was there was another accident, and this time it was around, this was actually right around Eldridge, so trying to get to work from the west side of Houston to the University of Phoenix, this took me one hour and 15 minutes when normally it takes me about 20 to 30 minutes at most. That is a very, very significant difference in my time and I was late to the free sample class for the very first time. Risk is a fact of life. So whenever I ask people, is it a risk coming into the free sample class? The answer is absolutely yes, because the roads in Houston are dangerous. I ask people, was there a risk being out there on the roads? Yes, of course. And then you show that example and I do it really every time there's traffic on I-10. But last Thursday, it was the most egregious traffic by far that I've ever experienced on that on that night. It just really brings home the fact that there are things that we do on a regular basis that are risky that we have no problem with, like driving in the city of Houston. And by the way, we cannot pick on Houston's traffic. We can't pick on Houston's traffic. Um, car safety because we're right in the middle in terms of the country. One of the most dangerous states, well, the most dangerous state is actually Wyoming. They have the most fatal accidents per capita by a significant margin of any state. Houston and Texas are right around the middle, a little higher than average, but not significantly so. So we're in a very risky situation on a daily basis for most of us, and we don't think anything about it we don't have any second thoughts for most of us about getting into our car and driving to work on a daily basis the gosh the chance of getting into a fatal car accident i want to say is 1 out of 100 i'm going to have i'm going to have to check that one whenever we get back but it was something that boggled my mind and it's like 1% or was it 2% but it was something very very significant as one part of the chance that you pass away that's an extremely high probability for something that we just do offhand and think is completely normal and is ubiquitous it's it's everywhere especially in our in our city where we're like the ultimate commuting driving city really in the world but I mean a lot of places do the same thing but it's like the way our city's so spread out it's crazy but no one. Thinks twice about driving. But how many people do you know think twice about flying in an airplane? What are the odds of getting into a fatal accident on an airplane versus a car? It's significantly less than getting in a car. It's hundreds of times less likely than getting in a car. But for some reason, people are afraid of flying in planes which are, at this point, the safest mainstream way to transport yourself. Planes are extremely safe. It's a whole slew and whole cadre of rules and laws that they have to go through. The training to become a professional pilot is hyper strict. The stuff that they have to study and memorize is absolutely, it's basically like a library's worth of material, and I took a plane class when I was in high school, and that was just to fly a Cessna with somebody right next to me that was a professional pilot. And that was, that was one of the hardest courses I've ever taken in my life. I mean, they literally had to do the test to pass it twice because so few people passed it the first time. Fortunately, I did. But and the, and the second test was actually harder than the first test, so I, I highly doubt people did better. But they have to go through tons of hoops just to be able to fly a plane. Very, very professional. So many checks done every single time they land and before they take off. Flying is extremely safe. But people are afraid of flying, but people are not afraid of driving in their cars. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, logically, once you look at it that way. Now, I will have to say that at this point, I'm a proponent of auto-driving vehicles. I think that's something that's going to bring a lot of safety to our roads. The car is not going to get drunk. It's not going to get mad that they just had a boyfriend or girlfriend break up with them. They're not going to be emotional. There's not going to be all of these human conditions behind the wheel of a four-ton, 80-mile-an-hour death machine. You know, that's a very, very risky proposition that we're not really taking seriously, really as seriously as we should. Roads are extremely dangerous. Okay, so all that being said, risk is a fact of life. People drive out to the free sample class and took a risk. What is the risk that people are really so afraid of when they're trying to get into real estate or start a business in general? Are they afraid of failing to other people? to look bad in front of other people? Are they afraid of the conversation that if they fail, they're gonna to have to talk to their extended family when they bring it up, be like, oh yeah, it didn't, it didn't really work out, or this, that, and the other. Is it the fear of losing money? It's, it's there. I mean, no real estate investment is ever guaranteed. That's part of the risk for sure. Is losing that money the thing that's holding you back? Is it just taking action yourself? Are you afraid of making a change in some way, shape, or form? There's going to be risk in this. But to take that first step in faith will help you get past that fear of the risk because if you're able to get to the point where you understand that there's going to be a lot of things that you don't completely understand at that point, that there are going to be things that are going to be in faith, you're going to be able to take some action, to take a chance on something that could make a serious difference. And when it comes down to it, does it start getting you the results that you want? You know, this is going to sound super funny during a show for real estate like this, but real estate is not for everybody. I don't like it when I go onto YouTube and HGTV and they have this very comfy, cushy, rosy vision of real estate and they just all say it offhand that this is for everybody, anybody can do it. That's not true at all. I don't believe that's true. And honestly, if it were true, people still wouldn't all do it. But real estate is not for everybody because it's a particular thing That has a lot of very specific things you have to do that some people are not attuned to or don't want to do and don't want to ever do. But we bring up the fact that it's highly effective because even if it's not something that interests you on its own, hopefully the ability that it has to make money will interest you, the financial stability that brings you will interest you, and maybe you'll get to a point where you can take action on it and do it even if it's not the most interesting thing in the entire world. I always say this, but you don't have to act like you're going to be 100 houses, you're going to be 1,000 apartment units. Just think about starting out, when you have no real estate, doing the first property. Just focus on that first step. Take away all this pressure that you're putting on yourself to be this complete real estate god and just get one house first. And become the real estate god you want to be if that's really what you want to do later. But you have to do that first step in either situation just to get that very first piece of property that takes you on this journey. So you see the rent check in the mail. You see the wholesaling check that you get from the title company. The check you get from title from doing a flip the passive investing check you get from the operator syndicator there's so many ways that it makes you money that i hope for the rest of us that even if you don't like it you'll still pursue it because it's so effective at building wealth and i am not somebody that likes real estate per se i've been raised on it it seemed cool but it never it never gave me that flame of passion if that makes sense. That wasn't the thing I woke up in the morning and ever was like, oh man, I can't wait to make these calls, to manage this property, to analyze these properties. I don't like that stuff. That's not what gets me excited. That's not what gets me happy. But the ability that it gets me in terms of my finances does make me happy. So, it's an overall positive, but the passion that I have is is really a couple of things. I mean, people that have met me know about the beer situation. I love craft beer, and my one of my goals is to open a brewery. Another passion, playing guitar. I just started a band, finally got that started. Third passion now, skincare. I started a line of skincare products that... I'm now going to be selling at a farmer's market out in Katy that that's just a first step in this process. This is something I've just started doing over the last couple months that's allowed me to get a lot of peace and a lot more into my own being in terms of being a business person. But yeah, real estate is not something that's per se my passion. And I don't think that you have to be a completely passionate about it either to take action on it it's something that's definitely helped a lot of people, including myself. But yeah, just approach one house, one property. Um, Listen to the gurus, listen to people that are way more qualified than I am, that have have had way more houses than me, if you want. But just focus on the first property, for goodness sake. Give yourself the peace. Just say you're going to do one property, get it done, and figure out the rest later. Last section is coming up next, y'all. Stay tuned. This is Trevor Davis with the Total Wealth Academy radio show. All right, y'all, final segment of the show today. To really bring home the final point about risk, we know risk is everywhere, no matter what we do, who we are, what age we are, with the big example being driving in your car on a daily basis for most of us. Incredibly dangerous, incredibly risky, statistically speaking, but we don't bat an eye about it. And I just feel like in the future, maybe 100 years from now, we're going to look back on that and be like, wow, that was, that was pretty ridiculous how unseriously we took car safety overall and just basically took it for granted that it was just a thing that we did and we said there wasn't a whole lot of thing things that we could do really about it to prevent drunk driving, inebriated driving, this, that, and the other. And maybe there's not anything we can do and it's just something that has to happen, but I don't think that's much of a peaceful thought for the people that have had to suffer through a lost loved one in a car accident. It's something that I take very seriously. I cannot wait for more auto driving cars. I, I, I'm literally so ecstatic that that's a thing now and how much, how much safer our roads are going to be because of that. Kinks in that, absolutely. Process of progress, for sure. Those are not perfect. I mean, we're not perfect, the machines won't be perfect either, but it'll definitely be much, much safer, even with the challenges that we're starting off with in that regard. But with risk being a fact of life, doing nothing is the riskiest position that somebody can be in, because doing the same things that we've been doing is connected to a specific set of results. The results that we've gotten are connected to the actions that we've taken, the actions that we've taken have produced our mental attitude, our approach to building our finances, our approach to taking action, our approach to life itself in general. You know, do you have an overall positive impression of life itself or do you have an overall less than positive attitude to life itself? And both of those have a certain set of connections to different types of actions somebody is going to have a truly negative attitude is probably not going to be taking positive actions and therefore not getting positive results. And then that negativity snowballs upon itself and it becomes this cycle that just basically keeps filling itself up, back up over and over again, and it seems inescapable. And then on the flip side, the same snowballing applies with the positive aspects. The positive... thoughts lead to the positive actions that create the positive results that end up creating the lives that we truly want because that thought of the life that we want is somewhere in our head and sure we make it up technically but there's going to be reasons why we feel the way we feel about the life that we want and is it something that we can take steps towards or is it something that Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like you probably should get over the fact that Harry Potter is not a real thing. You're probably not going to go to Hogwarts. So try and figure out something that's going to be here that you can actually take advantage of to create the best possible life with the life that you have. So with that correct level of attitude, that's going to be pushing you in the best possible direction to get out of a risky situation like doing the same thing over and over again. Probably heard this old cliche, but a lot of people say that insanity, one definition is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's not going to happen. And Gary John Bishop talks about this in his book, um, Unf Yourself, so I can't say that over the radio, and... Great book, and our video guy Lucas has this calendar that has the quotes from that book. But one from two days ago is just saying that you are not a train station, opportunities and the things that you want are not just going to arrive to you. Get up and take action and put yourself in the position where those opportunities come in the first place. We're not static, we're not stationary beings. You have to do something different if you want to get something different. And it all sounds like general platitudes. It all just sounds like stuff that, oh, that makes sense. I know it. You're right. But once you get to a point where you see how it works and actually works and you can see that that attitude, when acted upon, leads to all of these other things that gets you the results that you want, that's when it starts to make sense. I don't know about y'all, but whenever I am not doing something I need to do and not taking action on something, or I have the sense that I'm, I'm just trying to avoid it, I'm trying to procrastinate, it, it's almost like the sensation you get before you get a headache, if that makes any sense at all. And I've thought about this over the last couple of days to try and figure out what it is that happens to me when my body is trying to get me to not do something important. Like what is going on physiologically in my human body and human brain to where when I'm trying to get an order done for my products, for my skincare line, when I'm just trying to go to the gym or I'm trying to get this project done that we're working on at work, like what is it that's going on? So now I'm looking to associate what happens to myself whenever I try to avoid things so I can specifically identify my specific sensation that happens, excuse me, every time I'm trying to avoid doing something. Or my brain is saying, do something else for some reason. And based on my conversations with every single person that I get to talk about this with, they have something similar. It may not be the same physical sensation, but there's just something that happens to ourselves whenever we're trying to do something different. Because getting different results means literally doing things you have not done before or ever before, every single time. Every single time we try to make something happen different, we have to do something completely different. Many times, something that we have never, ever, ever done in our lives before. That's, to me, how it makes sense that that is connected to fear itself. And it's just, fear is so general. Fear is talked about so generally. We know it's there. So I just wanted to break it down and be like, this is a sensation I feel whenever I'm not wanting to do something. And then identifying it enough to where when I start to feel it, I'm able to call myself out and be like, wait a second, no, I'm not going to be dealing with this today. I need to take action on this. I'm not going to deal either with the annoying sensation that comes from not doing something I know I needed to do. That's, that's the pain that comes from that. If you want to have something to digest by the end of this show, think about the pain that comes from not taking action on something important. Humans hate pain. All animals hate pain. We try to avoid it as much as possible, and we avoid it. What most people say is three times, two, three, or four times more than we do to get something pleasurable of any type. We hate pain. And now I'm making myself hate the sensation of skipping doing something important. Let's take today, for example, I need to go to the gym today because last week I was not able to go to the gym at all. And I'm very, very, very generous with myself to say that, yeah, there were some things that I really needed to do that allowed, that prevented me from doing it. But honestly, if I could have gone later, I still could have gone. So, you know, hold me to it. I didn't go to the gym last week. And today, my body is trying to say, no, you don't need to go to the gym today, bro. You can do a whole nother week and you'll be fine. You're doing well. Give yourself some credit. Take another week off. I'm not doing it, folks. I'm going to the gym today. After work is done, I'm going to get this leg day done. I love leg days now. I definitely encourage you if you want to go to the gym today, join the gym, get out there, start working out, and take these risks to start getting the results that you want. Risk is always going to be there but make it the risk that gets you to the results that you want once you start seeing those results coming in. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the Wednesday radio show with me, Trevor Davis. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show, and I will see you all next Wednesday at 1. (music) Bye-bye.